Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. A lot going on in the world today. And keep an eye on just the news tomorrow morning. We'll have some new details about what the banks saw as suspicious activity involving Joe Biden's home. I'm going to tease you with that. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. We'll have all the details, including with Senator Ron Johnson, who I think will be joining the show tomorrow. Just keep that in mind. We've been doing some great reporting. Joe Biden keeps saying it's all a lie. had nothing to do with it. The evidence actually contradicts the president. And over the next few days, you're going to understand some more of the information and what it actually says about the president and his actions and his complicity or the at least the use of his home in transactions that banks thought looked like money laundering or sex trafficking or other potential crimes. And so we'll have all of that in the next few days. Let's keep an eye on that. All right. Today, we've got a really, really, really good show. I'm really excited. Dr. Nan Hayworth, former congresswoman from the great state of New York, is going to join us. She has a lot to say about universities and their extremism from DEI to CRT to anti-Semitism and what the real solution is. By the way, it involves their pocketbook. Hit the universities in their pocketbook. They'll pay attention. That's what I'm pretty sure Congresswoman Hayworth is going to tell us. She's going to kick us off today. It's a great conversation. And then the second half of the show, we're going to spend a little bit of time making you smile, having a few laughs. Steve Rizzo is one of America's great comedians, now one of its most sought-after inspirational and motivational speakers. Over the years, he's headlined for acts like Drew Carey and Rosie O'Donnell, Chris Rock, Ellen DeGeneres, Rodney Dangerfield, Eddie Murphy, and Jerry Seinfeld. He even had his own Showtime comedy special. How many people get that? He is truly an extraordinary comedian. And as a motivational speaker, he now is a member of the prestigious Speakers Hall of Fame. He has a new book out. And it is Conversations with Bob. (laughs) It is an amazing story about the two alter egos that go between his brain, Bob and Bernie, and the arguments they have and what he learned from those arguments about himself and about life and about conquering negative thoughts and getting to a positive place where you can make 
success, even out of your most difficult moments. You're going to love this conversation. Steve is hysterical. He's also thoughtful. And this book, Conversations with Bob, is great. If you go to yourinnerbob.com, you can learn all about the book. But you're going to hear it directly from Steve in the second half of the show. Now, we're going to jump right to a quick commercial break and get started with Congresswoman Nan Hayworth in just a second. But before we do, a quick shout out to my good friends at Birch Gold Group. They have been with us from the beginning of Just the News. Birch Gold Group's most popular special of the year is running through now through December 22nd. For every $5,000 you spend with my good friends at Birch Gold Group, they're going to send you a one-ounce silver eagle coin for free. That's right. You heard me right. $5,000 you spend, you get a free silver eagle coin each time. Just text the word Just News to 989898 to claim your eligibility for this incredible offer. Just News, 989898. Now, you can purchase gold and silver and have it shipped directly to your home or have Birch Gold's Precious Metal Specialist help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. No money out of your pocket. And then they'll send you a free silver coin for every $5,000 you purchase. Keep it yourself. Give it as something of real value or even as a stocking stuffer. It's a heck of a gift, isn't it? Just text the words Just News to 989898 to claim your eligibility. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, former Congresswoman Nan Hayworth, medical doctor, brilliant thinker. She has a lot to talk about Ivy League universities, their elitism, their hatred, their intolerance. And by the way, she's a graduate of two of those Ivy League schools. She's got some serious props to make these criticisms and these suggestions. We'll have all of that right after these messages. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 
G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon, Just the News family. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. A lot of us watched that hearing. We streamed it live on Just the News yesterday, where the Ivy League presidents tried to explain the cultures, the intolerance, the hate that they allow to fester on their campuses. I think most Americans walked away shocked at the answers, shocked at the mindset, shocked at the culture that has been allowed to fester for quite some time on America's elite Ivy League campuses. I wanted to bring in someone who knows a thing or two about education, about Congress, and also about the dynamics that have led to such things as rampant anti-Semitism, rampant intolerance, and now rampant censorship. I never thought I'd ever say that word on American soil, but we have rampant censorship and a lot of it is born and sustained at American universities. Joining us right now, she's a medical doctor, a former member of Congress from New York and one of America's great political thinkers, Dr. Nan Hayworth. Congresswoman, great to have you on the show today. It is an honor always. Thank you, John. And among my uh, CV items, if you will, apropos of your topic, is that I'm an alumna of two Ivy League. <laughs> That's right, Princeton and Cornell, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, I do know the mindset. Uh, and it, it was fascinating, John. I share your horror, uh, as do uh, I can't imagine all people with a sense of decency, honor, just, you know, common sense, fairness, balance, to listen to these. Uh, university presidents. And you know, John, I'll tell you, my first thought was this, and it, it often is when I'm listening to the arrogant left, these are people who fear no consequences, right? They, 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 they think they can say the, the, these outrageous things that they can uh, grotesquely insult anyone's sense of fairness and decency precisely because and, and as was brought up in the hearing of course so it's 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 a thought crime you have to find so many thought crimes at your great universities including so-called misgendering people right using the wrong pronouns could result in punishment conservative speakers are denied uh access to the audiences at these so-called august institutions, right? But it's perfectly fine for uh, people, young people, I guess, most of these students uh, to uh, scream uh, with megaphones at Jewish fellow students uh, that uh, intifada and, you know, from the, the river to the sea and, you know, all the uh, phrases that would, under other circumstances, you know, that it would be interpreted not literally, but according to their actual intent, right? You know, no benefit of the doubt for the rest of us. But, you know, no, it's, it's, it's all right for these people to do these things because they haven't actually killed anybody yet. It's pretty remarkable. Yet, try to use the wrong pronoun in one of these universities. You'll find yourself in bigger trouble than if you chanted genocide. That's exactly it, John. And they receive enormous amounts. Now, of course, private donors have begun, Bill Ackman, uh, prominently among them, but not the only one, uh, have begun to withdraw their support, which they should have done years and years ago. John, people like me, I am not alone, 
have been saying for a very long time, when you fund these universities, I was on the National Annual Giving Committee for Princeton. I cherish my alma mater. I am very grateful for what Princeton and Cornell uh, meant to me in my life. And so grateful that I have given, uh, you know, my time, my treasure uh, to these institutions, feeling an obligation. But I gave up giving to Princeton uh, a number of years ago because I said I cannot condone nor support uh, their essentially blind fealty to the left. You know, and so I knew, you know, we knew this monster was coming uh, but people ignored it because it feels good. It feels noble and prestigious, you know, to uh, be part of these universities. I know what it's like to be at these places. It's a heady atmosphere, and it is an atmosphere of privilege. You know, they'll call it noblesse oblige. You know, it's, it's well, because we have special talents. We are intellectually gifted. Go out and change the world through policy. You know, we know more than the average person does. We can run their lives for them. And, of course, that leads to dangerously authoritarian <laughs> positions, as we see, you know, the apotheosis of it with the Obama and Biden administrations, dangerously authoritarian positions that justify censorship, that justify oppression. And of course, they define all of it overtly or covertly via the Marxist Foucaultian uh, dialectic of the oppressed versus the oppressor and loop that in with intersectionality, right? You know, every oppressed person is united with every other oppressed person. And unfortunately, Jewish Americans and the Jews of the world in general, Israel, who have prospered because of their talents, because of their work ethic, because of their moral character, they have prospered. Uh, so therefore, uh, you know, because they are prosperous and the Palestinian people generally are not prosperous uh, for uh, reasons that could be remedied but have been refused, uh, right? Uh, you know, but now the, you know, the Israelis are the oppressors. So anything, you know, any, uh, by any means necessary, right? We, we, we challenge the oppressors and attack them and, uh, you know, conquer them. And this is what they're going for. And, and it's just, it's a terrible, terrible, poisonous, of of malignant influences under the guise of virtue uh, and fighting for uh, those who uh, who have been oppressed. These the Palestinian Palestinian people have been oppressed, but not by Israel. Yeah, no, by Hamas. Yeah, that's it. They're actually victims of their own government. Yeah, or their own governance, I should say. Yeah, that's a message that needs to get out there more and more every day. I want to ask about the will in Congress. Is there enough will in Congress? Because everybody likes to bring the bacon home to their university because that's, you know, it makes the constituents feel well. Is there a will, a courage in Congress for the first time to say, you know what, we're going to stop funding universities that uh, allow this anti-Semitism to fester until they stop allowing it to fester? Do you think there's enough votes, enough will? Did, did October 7th shock people into realizing just how far this has gone? Uh, it, it certainly, it would stand to reason that it would, John. Uh, so much of it, you know, having been in Congress now, it, and I uh, had it was blessed to keep very close touch with our constituents, uh, and you know, and they with me, and I was always on the road in our district. Uh, but it is, it, it is up to voters and constituents to make it clear to their members of Congress and their senators, 
that this is what they want them to do. Uh, and and that's, you know, unless they have that sense that this is the will of their uh, of the people they represent. Uh, and, you know, one would hope it would be the, you know, the the, the will of the broader American public uh, to withdraw funding. Uh, my personal feeling has been for a very long time. Uh, you know, I'm very uh, uh, disappointed, disappointed would be. I mean, I'm enraged at the education government complex, which has developed uh, for, you know, a hundred years, but certainly since World War II and the so-called Great Society and then the federalization of student loans completely under Obamacare to finance Obamacare. Yes, we can impoverish a generation of students so that we can finance this this scheme that, that uh, the Democrats had. But in any case, uh, the education government complex, I think, has been uh, the foundational problem for this country uh, for quite a long time and that all public funding uh, of uh, administration and tuitions, you know, re research perhaps, but uh, should be withdrawn. But certainly this level of um, brazenness by these institutions uh, should, uh, should compel action. I hope it does, John, but, you know, uh, <laughs> they, they have, you, you know what the problem is, the education government complex funded largely by taxpayer uh, and working folks, you know, middle class families, you know, everybody, tuition payers, taxpayers, uh, directly and indirectly, is the extortion division of the Democrat Party. So I think getting Democrats to go along with this will probably be difficult because they rely on these uh, on these institutions, on their faculties, on their administration, on their uh, you know relationships. Uh, to fund a whole lot of Democrat stuff. Yeah, it's stunning. It really is stunning to watch this and um, and see. I mean, there's the outrage, but then there isn't much action. It's a lot of talk and not a whole lot of action. And I think that's what frustrates people. Exactly. Now, American people would support the action if someone had the courage to step into the middle and do it. It's pretty stunning. You had a marvelous op-ed around Thanksgiving time that I think a lot of people should read because it took a look at the healthcare system, particularly in the post-Obama care healthcare system with consolidation. And it's not the big guys, it's the little guys that get eaten up with all the costs. Tell us a little bit about the dynamics and the data that you put in front of American people. I think it's one of the most important analyses I've seen done in the healthcare system in a long time. Thank you. Well, it, it basically, John, uh, Americans pay an exorbitant price for their drugs and biologics, you know, biologics being a subcategory of complex molecules that resemble complex molecules made by the human body, and their miraculous cures tell me live in an age of miracles, but we are paying very dearly for them, and not only that, but uh, through our, uh, you know, paying for, for all of this uh, in an inflated way, we really help pay for the, the rest of the world. Uh, and the reason is because, as you alluded to, John, there is uh, a very close relationship. Uh, you know, <laughs> you could almost use the word collusion, although I don't want to imply that it's criminal. It is not. <laughs> between and it really is and why isn't it well you know because it's legal to do these things and especially when your laws and regulations uh, are heavily influenced uh by entities like big and, and big pharma i'm a fan of big pharma i've worked with big pharma in, in my career uh you know i know what they do they do create cures i know the people who work in big pharma these are not bad people at all 
but you know, they it, it, every entity does what it can. Human beings do what they can do. So when government can be influenced to uh, pass laws that favor generous pharmaceutical pricing in various ways, then that's what happens. Uh, and you know, for for most Americans, uh, we're managing. You know, we we we're not. Most of us aren't faced ultimately with. Uh, paying $100,000 a year for uh, an important uh, biologic or cancer treatment, you know, for autoimmune disease and, you know, serious conditions. Um, but uh, folks who have, and why is it, why, why are most of us not faced with that? Well, because, uh, you know, Medicare has ways of taking care of that. Again, ultimately a taxpayer expense, you know, it all cycles through the system. We're all paying for it. Uh, and big insurers tend to take care of these things. They have relationships with with big pharma, but especially the folks who are in smaller plans, uh, union funded plans, you know, association health plans, things like that, that are not the great big insurance players, aren't the great big systems, aren't the U.S. government. Uh, these folks can really be uh, left in the cold uh, because they are not getting favorable pricing uh, on some of these things. And it really all has to do with the way our laws are set up. Uh, pharmaceutical companies can uh, set, uh, you know, an initial price on uh, on an innovative uh, drug or biologic uh, for uh, you know, a whole lot of money and insurers and you know, Medicare, Medicaid, you know, the, the federal government will, uh, will wink at it in a sense and say, well, okay, we'll cover it. Um, and then instead of that being, you know, and pharma has to recoup, research is very expensive, no question, but instead of that being for a couple of years, maybe while they recoup the investment, um, it can be extended for many, many years, uh, because, uh, you know, patents can be, uh, you know, uh, exclusivity, you know, preventing competitors coming on the market can be. Uh, legally maneuvered around for decades even. And AbbVie, for example, Humira, adalimumab is the generic name, great uh, biologic has helped millions of people with serious conditions. So yay, AbbVie, yay, Humira, but 20 years of patent wrangling made possible by the way our laws are set up. And, you know, 20 years of, you know, being able to, uh, charge an enormous amount for something that really should have more competition and could in the marketplace. And that's not the only one, but it's one example. Uh, you know, that's too much. So we need to, you know, make it more sensible, make it more fair. We can, uh, but only again, what we were talking about, John, for, you know, for uh, folks in America being aware of it, uh, and then, you know, talking with, you know, you make a phone call to your representative or your senator, all of that is recorded. And this is something that members of both parties uh, could work on successfully and should, because there, you know, we, we, we can have a better system and still have all the innovation, in fact, have even more innovation. And every pharma company that, that works hard to innovate can still be rewarded for that hard work, but we could do it better. But it does take public awareness and, you know, saying to our representatives, hey, you know, we need bipartisan action, uh, action from both sides, come together and work on making drug prices fair and equitable.
Yeah, and transparency is another area where there's some progress in the discussions. If you can, see, if you knew how the system worked and you could shop for the best price, a lot of Americans would be wiser right out of the right out of the box. And that's what does seem like that that conversation is out there. All right, I want to step. We got a couple minutes left. I want to step back and take a look at what Republicans need to do to win the 2024 election. What's the messages at work? Is it the border? Is it the economy? Is it Joe Biden is just simply too old? What What do you think is going to be the winning combination that puts a Republican House, Senate, and White House in play? You know, I think Republicans have to be uh, cognizant of the fact that at the, you know, it is some issues at the margins that will affect. I mean, there is general discontent, John. You, you, you have uh, always. Uh, eloquently defined the nature of our problems and the solutions. And we know there's general discontent about the economy. Uh, so, yes, t- technically, Democrats are losing on that issue. Uh, we know that there is rising discontent and alarm at uh, what's happening at our border and how that uh, affects crime and public safety. There's general discontent about public safety, including, uh, as we all know and your listeners know, among constituencies who Democrats have taken for granted for decades and generations, including black America. Um, and I think they're, they're especially moved and excited by uh, President Trump's forthrightness. And in fact, I've had some personal experience talking with folks who have come around, you know, from, from demographics that Democrats have uh, taken for granted uh, and said, you know what I like about Donald Trump? Uh, he's right on these issues and he's not afraid to tell it the way it is. So I think, uh, you know, I do think President Trump will be our nominee. I think Republicans should uh, definitely remember that, uh, you know, if we stick with winning issues, we have to be aware of, you know, the danger of abortion policy post Dobbs, because in swing constituencies that are winnable, I think, you know, we saw some element of that in the Virginia elections, although, as you know, the results were more nuanced than that because Virginia had a lot of redistricting. So really, the Republicans actually did all things considered well. But, you know, the best is when you win. Uh, So I think we have to be very uh, sensitive to the fact that, you know, women are still concerned about those things and, you know, be be very judicious about our messaging there. Um, But I do think that Republicans uh, can can win this if they stick with a compelling message that emphasize that emphasizes that every American uh, community benefited under the policies. It's all about policy, not about personalities, about policies that Donald Trump uh, and his administration managed to uh, and, and, you know, Republicans in Congress helped him with, of course, uh, during his four years in office. And the other point, John, that I think is so important is that, yes, Joe Biden is a is an epically awful president. James Buchanan, uh, from wherever he is in the afterlife, must be rejoicing because now there is a president <laughs> worse than he. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Who knew? Who knew it was possible? But Joe Biden has done it. God bless that man. But 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 what I emphasize is that, and I don't think enough Amer- Republicans do, is that yeah, Biden's awful. There's no question about it. Even Democrats are starting to agree with that. But any Democrat in that oval, any Democrat, whether young and vigorous, you know, Dean, oh, Dean Phillips is young. I don't care. He's got terrible policies. Any Democrat in that oval would have made the same decisions that Joe Biden is making or allowing, you know, to be made for him. 
So this is about the Democrats. Uh, yes, it's definitely Biden is, you know, historically beyond horrendous, but any Democrat, and it is the Democrats in Congress as well who cannot support uh, the American people in their struggle for public safety, for an affordable economy. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Democrats are the ones who are enriching their constituencies. They're the ones who have uh, increased inequality, who make sure that their, their cronies, people with access to government, get the, the government funds that they want that don't necessarily benefit the public. They have a real brand problem right now. I never thought yeah, we'd see a whole party with a brand problem, but they really do. Their, their brand has got damage because it's associated now with socialism and inflation. It's a remarkable challenge that they have ahead of them into this 2024 election. Congresswoman, it's always an honor to have you on. We get lots of wisdom. The op-ed is brilliant. Folks, go check it out at the Washington Times. That's where I used to be an editor. I love it there. And it's a great a great piece of thought leadership at a time when there isn't a lot of great ideas on health care. This one is a good one. So, Congresswoman, great to have you on. I'll be sure to get you on soon. I would be honored to join you anytime, and I wish you and yours a wonderful Christmas and holiday season. Thank you. Back at you, and we really appreciate your time. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, the great comedian, the great author, the great inspirational speaker, he's one of my favorites, Steve Rizzo. He's got a brand new book out, Conversations with Bob. You're going to love this. You're going to laugh when you hear what he has to say. We'll have all of that right after the commercial break. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time 
IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. It's time to have a little laugh, but also a little introspection. I think as we head into the weekend, there is a brand new book out. I actually think it it is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Your inner Bob. uh, Who knew we had an inner Bob? But we do. And our next guest, who has graced the stages of comedy halls all across the country, but alongside people like Rosie O'Donnell, Chris Rock, Drew Carey, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, Rodney Dangerfield, you name it. Steve Rizzo has been alongside so many of the great comic geniuses of the last half century. And now he has an extraordinary new book out. I actually think that everyone should read this over the holidays. It actually captures something that all of us um, have we have these voices that we're, we are, we have our inner debates and what we debate and talk about and think about often becomes our reality. The author of the great book Conversations with Bob, Steve Rizzo, joins us right now. Steve, great to be, have you on the show. Thanks for having me, John. So uh, appreciate you having me here. This is a great book because it's true. We all have these internal conversations in our head. We we have some alternative personalities that we drift between. And I think you walk away from this book. I just I had a chance to really roll through this in the last 24 hours. Uh, you realize that what you think and talk about ultimately becomes part of the destination of your life. Tell us the motivation for this book. It took you a long time to write it, right? Yeah, it did. I started writing it at a very low point of uh, of my career. It was after a 34 years of marriage, and then it was my decision to get divorced, and it was the most most painful thing I ever had to go through. And I moved from my house on Long Island to face what the heck was going on with me, because, you know, I, as you know, I went from stand-up comedy to become a motivational speaker, and uh, I had a hard time being on the platform walking my talk because I had so much stuff, inner stuff to deal with with the divorce. So I moved to California. Uh, to face what was going on. And it was about five o'clock in the morning on Venice Beach, which is not a cool thing to do. At five o'clock <laughs> yeah, in the morning. not the safest thing for us <laughs> to do, right? Yeah, really. <laughs> so I, I just, I lost control of my emotions and I started yelling out at God, you know, why is this happening? And, uh, and after I was like a, a pile of emotions, I got up from the sand and I took a step and I said, um, what is wrong with me and what the hell am I doing here? And I took another step and I heard an answer and it said, you know why you're here and you know what's wrong. You're just too caught up in your own drama to find the answer. And I said, where is this coming from? So I took another step. I asked another question, then another step. And every time I asked a question, an answer came. And I knew I was talking to a higher part of myself, the God part of me. And I got into my car, went to my apartment in Marina Del Rey. And I took out my laptop. I asked another question. And then I asked, then I got another answer. John, I was there for hours typing question, answer, question, answer. I was exhausted, went to sleep for 10 hours, woke up. I looked at my laptop and I didn't remember writing more than half the stuff that I wrote. And then I realized, yeah. And what, what started happening, I kept writing. And then I said, oh, my God, I'm writing a book here. Then my imagination set in. Then my sense of humor set in, and then my vulnerability set in. And um, it's conversations with Bob, and Bob is God, how he gets the name. The reader's going to have to find that out on their own. 
And it's a, <laughs> it's a dialogue between two people, uh, Bob and Bernie. Bernie resides in the negative zone where challenges get blown out of proportion and problems turn into emotional havoc. And Bob is the antithesis to the firewall of fear and negativity that Bernie thinks is real. They have this incredible conversation, and Bob shows Bernie how to transform his mindset from failure to success, from unhappiness to fulfillment, and uh, from um, lack to abundance. And the whole book is dialogue between the two characters, and uh, every chapter there is a lesson that I promise the reader will walk away realizing that they truly are the creator of their success and happiness. Yeah, if that's really uh, such an important theme in this book. There's a heavy chapter. Chapter two really caught me uh, because it, it's right from its title, it sucks you and I must be dead. And I think that we, you, no one wants to have that question or have that conversation. But Bernie and Bob work things out in this chapter in a very interesting way. Talk a little bit about what chapter does, two does to set the tone for the rest of the book. I think it's a very powerful chapter. Yeah, what it, well, it does. It sets the whole tone because Bernie, like I said, resides in the negative zone. He's in his late 50s in the book. I gave him that age. And he's very talented, but he's, he's just not. His life isn't working on any level. So he has a heart attack in his in his hotel room, and he winds up in this place where he thinks is heaven, and he meets this guy by the name of uh, who is God. And I'm not still. I'm not going to tell them how they, he gets the name Bob. Yeah, no, I have but to anyway, read that. when That's they too, start too this conversation to. in that book, uh, Bernie starts yelling at Bob and said, "You didn't answer my prayers. Why didn't you answer my prayers? I prayed. I did everything I possibly could." Do you know what it's like to have the talent and not achieve any of your goals? Do you know what it's like to look at your friends and see them have everything that you want? So then he breaks down and then Bob, it's Bob turn, Bob's turn to talk. And Bob says, Bernie, I did answer your prayers, but you pray with the same negative attitude that you have about your life. And yet you expect a miracle. And Bernie says, well, isn't that your job? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? So then Bob says, Bernie, have you ever heard the saying, God helps those who help themselves? And he said, yes. He goes, apparently you don't know what it means. You have to meet me halfway. You can't pray for peace of mind and then go in traffic and start cursing at everyone in traffic. You can't pray for success. And then when you set out to achieve your goal and your prayer isn't answered in two weeks, you go back into the negative zone again. He goes, you have to meet me halfway. He goes, I always planted the seed possibility for your prayer to take root and to manifest, but you always squashed it with your own negative attitude and beliefs. So that's when Bob offers Bernie these common sense success and happiness strategies and shifting habits to turn his life around. Yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing conversation in chapter two, and I think it really does set the predicate and the understanding for what the message of the book is. And I, you know, some people write books, and it, what's interesting about this, it, it, this combines the two great aspects of your career. Obviously, there's a lot of motivation and a lot of self-introspection that leads to motivation. There's also some great humor because you have you have a wit that is uh, absolutely infectious. But I think along the way, some books, you know, some motivational books make you think, well, you can you you can blow past struggles and and uh, or you can live a struggle-free life. You actually dive and lean right into this, which is there are going to be struggles. You're not going to get rid of them. 
but uh, you learn how to deal with them and you come out of them stronger. Um, there's no sugarcoating of the fact that life throws struggles at you, throws curveballs at you. Uh, but it comes up with, I think, a really common sense way for how you address those um, those struggles, how you have the conversation and how you let Bob ultimately guide you to the great place. Um, that's a message I think a lot of young people today are stuck in. I think young people today come up to their first or second or third struggle and they kind of throw their hands like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do it. Uh, you really create an incredible uh, pathway for people to uh, identify the struggle and then come up with a conversation to get you through it. Um, have we lost the ability or have we given generations of Americans the inability to deal with struggles? I think a lot of people think, well, I've sugar-coated. It's not. It's tough. Um, but it seems like we're missing that skill set today. Well, I think the problem is that parents today to coddle their children too much. I think everybody needs to know, children need to know at the get-go that, hey, you have everything you have to fulfill your desires in life. Life is wonderful, but you need to know also that you will 100% be confronted with challenges, and sometimes you will be faced with insurmountable odds. But the key is, like Bob says to Bernie, Bernie, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do about what happens. It's the choices you make when it happens. It's the thoughts that you have about the challenge that will formulate the belief about the challenge is what makes the difference. And, and I think children today, they're just not told that, man, life, life, life is beautiful, but, man, you're going to be confronted with stuff. And, you know, it's like you have to deal with it. And, you know, when you have that mindset going into life, it kind of makes life a lot easier because you don't have any preconceived ideas that life is pointing a finger at you, pulling you out of the crowd and just picking on you and, or, or a higher power is punishing you for something you did or didn't do. And that mindset keeps you from feeling victimized and cheated, which is what a lot of people do. Yeah. And, and you talked about this is actually something that's very important. I think we're learning about ourselves in this country is that we've created an era of victimhood, which is everybody can find a grievance. But uh, those grievances office take us down a toll that we never re return from. And I think earlier generations, certainly the World War II generation, uh, they were confronted with extraordinary obstacles and they realized that, hey, you got to tough your way through it. And, and I think this book kind of reminds us of the American spirit that we've had for most of our history, but in the last maybe five, 10, 15 years, we've become a little soft about your conversations kind of get us to that point of resolve again, which I think we were missing for much of the last few years. I look at this, I was thinking as I was watching and listening, reading the conversations and absorbing them, uh, some of our negativity comes from the fact that we get in these pods in social media and other places and we, we create an echo chamber and all of a sudden we lose touch with some of the common sense things that often are not visible when you're in an echo chamber. Talk a little bit about social media and its influence on sort of the culture of me and how we get out of crises and we work to get out of them. Well, the more you go down to social media, the more that represents who you are. You're creating a totally different belief system. You don't know what it's really like to be in the real world. You're, what you're social media does it gives you 10 second clips 15 second clips this type of clip that and you hear that over and over and over and over again you don't realize it but you're cre creating a belief system that's not conducive to being creative productive or or to go on life on your own and to create your own mindset rather than having the social media created for you and we look at social media as if, as, as if it's god for crying out loud 
And uh, it, there's a and and don't get me wrong, some social media is it's great, but when when you're hooked on it, when you're hooked on it, and and you you can't appreciate the beautiful things in life like a sunset or a sunrise or watching children play or or whatever it is, taking time out for those what I call sacred moments in in life, you're cheating yourself. Yeah, that's just it. If you get sucked out, it's great. It's a great tool, but if you get sucked down in the vortex, you never get back from it. And I think you, these conversations that occur between Bob and Bernie are, uh, uh, they apply to all of us because it's so easy for us to get sucked into these moments where we feel like we can't escape. And the truth of the matter is we have the ability and the capability to escape. I think the thing with the book that makes it really palatable is that it's it's a funny read. It's a fun read. And and on a serious topic, this is how to take control of your life. This book is about the law of attraction and action. But I think when you read, and, and it's the same thing with my presentations, uh, John, the same thing when I give a presentation, I speak to a lot of Fortune 100 companies. Uh, the, uh, the attention span of the average audience today is very, very minimal. And unless a speaker or an author has some kind of entertaining value, you run the risk of the person not listening or putting the book down and saying, I don't want to hear any more of this. But this is like an emotional roller coaster. It's fun. There's laughter and there's some heavy stuff in there. There is. It is. But it moves along at a great pace. And I think that that um, that frame that Bob and Bernie give give to the book really helps you go through some really deep topics without feeling like you've you've uh, you, you've gotten into a place you can't uh, move on from. And I think it's an incredible, uh, the literary aspect of this book is so powerful. Of course, you, you're, you're a great speaker. You have the ability to command the stage. You've done your TED Talks. You've done so many extraordinary things. You also were an, and remain a, an amazing comedian. And I think there's a lot of great humor. There's just moments where you chuckle to yourself as you're, as you're listening in on the conversations. And I, I really... Um, I appreciate that. It's sometimes hard to find a book that can take you on such a, a powerful journey, but also keep you smiling and laughing from time to time. And uh, it is a masterpiece. I want to turn to uh, comedy just for a second. I feel like we've reached an era where people are afraid to be funny or we're too constrained to be funny. And I, I wonder, as you look back and, you know, you had the great Showtime special, you've done so many things over your amazing career. You've worked with some of the greatest comics in, in history. Uh, have we become a little too uh, uptight with ourselves and maybe we need to laugh a little more? Uh, not just a little, a lot. We are coming to the point where we're stifling our laughter genes, our humor genes. It's a great question, John. We really are. We have become so politically correct and there are comedians on stage and I believe you cannot censor comedy. If you don't like what's being heard, don't go to the show or get your ass up and walk out. That's all you have to do. But today, today, comedians, are just, there are people that I believe today wake up in the morning, whether they're doing it consciously or unconsciously, they're saying to themselves, who or what is going to offend me today? And they can't wait. They can't wait to fulfill that that thing that's going on in their head, that loop. And they'll find it because if you think it's going to be there, it'll be there. And and what amazes me about people like this, when they start screaming in the middle of a, somebody's comedy act because they're being offended, don't they realize that, and I, I guess they don't, but it seems to me that if you have a thousand people in the audience, 999 are laughing their asses off, don't you stop and think before you start yelling at the comedian you because you're think, offended right? that, gee, yeah. 
Maybe these 999 are right. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I, I better start questioning my values. Yeah, that, that is a... a- that that is a self awareness that may be lacking for a lot of people today, but it's a good piece of advice. And yeah, one of your classic books, and I remember got it, it was shortly after nine eleven. You wrote it, but becoming a humor being. I love that because all of us have an inner funny side to us. Many of us fail to embrace it or use it or uh, embrace. And I think the ability to laugh at ourselves and laugh with ourselves and laugh with each other. It, it could cure a lot of the tensions that we've created artificially between us in the social media era. Uh, you still you still want to be a humor being, don't you? Oh, yeah. I, as a matter of fact, that's one of the chapters in Conversations with Bob. Unleash the power of your humor being. And, and uh, yeah, he, he says to Bernie, he goes, Bernie, uh, Bernie says, I have a sense of humor. He goes, no, you used to, but you lost it. You got so caught up in the crap of life that you, you don't know that every day there's something that can put at least a smile on your face. And, and, and as it says, your humor being is of your higher nature, Bernie. You can't get any closer to me than when you're laughing. And he goes, it's, it's a part of you that always will bring out the best in you when times are tough. And he goes, what good is having, is, is, is having this great gift if you're not opening it up and using it? Yeah, it's, uh, it, is a, it is a question we should all ask ourselves. It is absolutely important. The comics of today, I feel like we're at a moment in the next couple of years where the bottle's been shaken and the champagne is super high pressured and there's going to be a cork and it's going to pop and there's going to be an opportunity to be funny again and make comedy funny again. Uh, do you see that? Do you think that there's a moment now where uh, the, the great com- comedic geniuses are getting together behind the scenes like, you know what, it's time to be equal opportunists again and stop worrying about victimizing uh, our audience and just going out and have fun. It feels like we're almost at that moment. Am I wrong about that? Oh, no, yeah, yeah you are because you got guys like uh, like uh, Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle who just will not tolerate it anymore. They just won't tolerate it. And, and they'll go right back at the audience and, uh, and as they should. As they should. And, you know, laughter is the pit stop in the rat race of life and that it gives us enough emotional fuel and repairs to get back into, into the race again. But the initiative and the proficiency by which we allow ourselves to laugh comes from what I call our human being. And everyone on this planet has a human being within them. Unfortunately, John, too many people are going through their entire lives never knowing that they have this power, let alone how to tap into it and make it work for them. It's there. And, and, and people say, well, it's too serious of a topic. Well, that's why you need it. If you could find the humor in anything, you can survive it. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. And, and I think too many people are afraid to go there today. And that is a missed, missed, missed opportunity. I had an uncle. He started as a school teacher and, and eventually became a very successful uh, newspaper publisher, brilliant guy. And he, uh, he once said to me, if you want to be a good comic, just be a school teacher for a little while. You'll get all the comedy you need. You actually started in education, didn't you? Yes, I did. I was, uh, and, and it was pretty funny because I was voted least likely to succeed in my senior class in high school. I was told by a <laughs> the perfect candidate to be a teacher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I was told by a guidance counselor in front of my mom and dad at 14 years old that I didn't have what it takes to go to college. And I went back to that same school that I graduated from. And I was an English teacher and a counselor for kids with behavioral problems, proving once and for all that guidance counselors are not fortune tellers. So, uh, amen um, for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wish I wish that and guidance you know counselor what? could and, watch your TED talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, right. And it was my 
it was my sense of humor, my ability to make the class seventh and eighth graders is how I was able to, to, to the, my methodology was is to have them having fun. This way I can give them these lessons. I can teach them what they need to know, but they're having fun while they're doing it. My students today, and I'm not exaggerating, about 50 to 60% of my students, now this is from 1980 and 81 when I taught before I left and went into stand-up, they still connect with me on Facebook. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's wild. That's, oh, that's when you know you've created a bond. I attribute that to my sense of humor. I always kept them engaged. They learned a ton of stuff, but they were just having a ball as they were doing it. Yeah, that's right. Learning can and should be fun. It shouldn't be a drag and it shouldn't be uh, uh, the greatest teachers I had in my life had uh, great anecdotes, great stories. You laughed a little bit. You learned a lot and uh, you didn't you wanted to go to class. You didn't resent going to class. You actually enjoyed going to class. And I can understand why your your students clearly did that. Uh, Steve, you are an absolute treasure. I mean, you've made us laugh for years. You've made us think a lot over the years. But Bob and Bernie, I think, are the two most important friends that any American could have this Christmas season because I think that conversation, we, we, too many of us are afraid to have it. Reading this book forces you to have it. It's entertaining. But you come out, I, I really say this, and folks, I mean this seriously, you come out a different person when you read this book. There's something very special about it. I'm not a voracious book reader, but this one really caught my attention. And once I got into it, I did not stop. And so go to yourinnerbob.com. That's the best way to get started on the book, right, Steve? Yeah, you can order it there, yourinnerbob.com. There are a few sample chapters, uh, a couple of pages from certain chapters that you could read. There are videos below that will describe what certain chapters are. And uh, it's, getting, it's getting incredible reviews. And I'll just let your listeners know, um, this book is the reason why I was put on this planet. Um, I am dead certain. It took me seven years to write. Every time I thought it was finished, Bob kept telling me, no, you're not. There's more <laughs> stuff you have to learn. More to say. <laughs> and yeah. And, and you know, it's, 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 I know I'm at a point, uh, my life is coming full circle now. And I'm at a point where I just, I know this is the reason why I was put on the planet. And the beauty of this is that everything that I cursed in my life, all the problems and challenges that were bestowed upon me have become my greatest blessings because I learned from them. And that's one of the big lessons in this book too. It is an amazing uh, experience. It's an amazing message. It's a great gift to give someone. Maybe you know someone who's down in the dumps right now or mired in self-pity. A dose of conversations with Bob will be the ultimate cure, better than any Prozac could be prescribed. It's an amazing book, folks. It it is something that uh, you can give as a gift. Give it to your children, your grandchildren, your crazy uncle. They're all going to appreciate it this Christmas season. So go go get a copy of this book today uh, and uh, and do something special. Yourinnerbob.com is the easiest place to go. You can also go on Amazon, of course, and get it. Steve, um, this is a masterpiece, and, and I don't say that often on this show, but there's something special about this book. And I think at this moment in our history of our country with all of the issues we have, fentanyl and suicide and uh, the economy, uh, you come out of this thinking, I can deal with whatever life throws me. And I think that that is a gift that will give on for generations to come. Congratulations. Thank you. For, thank you for your heartfelt comments, John. So much appreciate you and, and what you do. And uh, thank you. And I, 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 I tell you, listeners, just read the book from cover to cover. And then every now and then, take a look at the high points to remember that are at the end of every chapter to reinforce the message. 
Yeah, there's a great landing at every chapter. You've that was part of the the way you, you structured this. I love the fact that every chapter ends with a a two step uh, 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 Olympic ten uh, uh, stop down, and I think it's important because you you get those those really talking points that you want to walk away from that chapter with. It's um, just brilliant work, great literary, and of course, great human advice for all of us. So, thanks, my friend. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate your time. I love what you do, and. Uh... You're a spark that ignites change in people's lives. I want you to know that. And and I appreciate that. I so appreciate that. I hope one day I can write a book as good as this one. This one's an absolute masterpiece and uh, it's going to stay on my shelf for a long time. Whenever you're ready to write a book, John, let me know. I can guide you through the process. I got to find my Bob and Bernie. That's what I got to find. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you listen to Bob, not Bernie. That's right. We're going to lead more towards the Bob. That is the lesson of the book. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get you back on after the new year, but uh, thank you so much, Steve Rizzo. You are a treasure. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. All right, folks. I hope you're feeling good. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back to wrap things up right after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Hey, if you want to take advantage of that incredible offer from Birch Gold Group, a free one ounce silver eagle coin for every 5000 you spend at Birch Gold right now. Just text the words Just News to 989898. That's all you got to do. All right, that wraps us up. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember, tune in tomorrow. We'll have Ron Johnson, a big exclusive story to kick off the podcast tomorrow. Until then, have a great night. God bless you. 
Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. 